And that is because it wasn't provable. And that is a scientific method. What is science? Have you noticed? Science is actually not a thing in itself either, but it is a method. You, you take, take some an issue and uh, you look at it, I think of physicists, and you take something, whatever, they have not even the terms for it, and then they put it in a glass or somewhere and you begin to observe and then take the inferences and uh, learn from the experience and then it results in in things with which they which are their discoveries or the results and uh, uh, then they have uh, something to in their hands to, to work and to be and to in, enlarge their, their their knowledge which wasn't so 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 accurate before. You know what I want to say. I'm like almost like Ram does. He speaks half a fat sentence and then he says, Well you know what I want to say <laughs> because he has this impairment of the speech. Uh, as a residue of of his his um, um, see I don't have my word either of the stroke he still is uh, in the wheelchair and cannot really speak freely well I am uh, I do <laughs> anyway so so now um, it is said that not now when I came to my teacher in 1962 in Burma. He started telling us, <laughs> when, um, there were only a few people who were there as self-retreatants and volunteers, there were no something like this. And uh, he said, well, you come not to learn a religion. Uh, it, what I have to teach you is a science. A scientific method. It is this, uh, so. Everything that means what you now experience with my instructions, I am the spiritual teacher. You can check it. You can get the real touch of it. You have the experience of it. And you can then make the decision whether you like it or you don't like it and you dismiss it. But don't do that beforehand, before you have not really done the entire process of science, scientific way, what you take. Now take uh, the breathing and your attention now and see whether uh, is it true that so that you can now uh, become calm and balance. That is a direct touch and a direct, direct result. So, um, and there are actually now, uh, when you look at the great realm of meditation, there are only two types really of meditation. 
And one is the one where you get calm and practice concentration and calmness. And the other one is vipassana. And that is <laughs> um, not just developed, also we all de- it's also in it the development of concentration. But vipassana but it's primarily directed and aimed to developing deep inside into the into what? Into myself. Well we always have ourselves and occasionally we notice something about it. But we have not an understanding and a trained mind to follow things up and to see um, that there are other ways and other ways <coughs> Uh, to, to function than we are. Um, it is an insight that we develop here into this human being process or into its mm, true nature. So that means true nature, the nature we are living is not true, quite. We, we have delusions here. We are not on a ground standing where we have directly had the proof what we are and the result of that what we are taught to practice. So and it is the nature of our experiences. We did a little bit touch that last night in our late uh, late setting. You brought it up, I think who brought it up the the anxiety, yeah, right. You see, that is something <laughs> of that message, of that way, which I discussed and gave you as a, as a guideline how to deal with that, to come to the nature of that experience. That experience is is uh, anxiety. Hmm? not easy. It sounds not almost human. It is too impersonal for us. Hmm? That's, uh, so that is, however, the motto and the very, a real description of what we are doing. Meditation of insight, of a personal meditation. Vipassana is not so good in a way because Vipassana is not describing what is happening, what is really the work in it. It is the outcome of the practice. That means clear seeing, clear understanding of Panya, wisdom. So it should actually be called the application of mindfulness. The practice of application of mindfulness this is indeed a new thing. My teacher introduced that. He wanted to somehow to get away from the old uh, organized uh, um, pattern of meditation. They did not call it inside meditation, no, they called it Mahasatipadana. Mahasatipadana. I told you when I went. Maybe I didn't. So, uh, after my teacher died, I went to Monterey to a 
wood forest retreat. We had to sleep under trees and the monks and with Tung Pulu, no. Is it right, Tung Pulu? Yeah. Yeah, Tung Pulu. Then I had Tung Pulu. We were always like glasses at the two o'clock in the morning he started interviews. We oh. went to bed early. We were sleeping under the tree. And the sleep was not always very comfortable. You were happy that you had a, had somewhere to go. <laughs> or also for a short while. When I told him about the practice that I am a teacher, that I am a student of or was a student of Yubagin, my teacher, and I practiced Vipassana meditation. You know, he looked at me. He, he, he didn't know what that meditation, what I was asked, saying, because, of course, he understood the word Vipassana, and he probably did, but it was for him very new to hear the meditation, which he indicated of his Mahasatipatthana. That is actually the establishment of mindfulness. Mindfulness is here organized and it's offered in the Mahasatipatthana four different objects for the attention. But that is not Vipassana. Vipassana is what comes from the application of mindfulness. I think it is nice to understand that, you see. And um, so, um, uh, so the four fields, uh, that is a division actually. These four fields are really a division of your beautiful self. It is the body, paying attention to body or focusing to the body. Then the second is, isn't it Vedana? Yeah, yeah Vedana. And that is a little finer, but it comes because you are, it's there and it becomes an object of your attention because you have a body that can feel happy and unhappy and uh, comfortable and uncomfortable and they are only marked in in one, two, three categories, pleasant and ple- unpleasant and, and kind of either or. And that is a second field. And it arises from the discomfort of your body or your comfort. Hmm? It is a field, very important field. Who can feel that? Why? Because it is the commander for what we do next moment. When I feel miserable, I know what I have to do. If I don't know anything, but then I go to the usual thing and go and ice cream cone. <laughs> <laughs> that helps. Because <laughs> of chocolate, you know, you all come to that. <laughs> and who said, told you that? You see, that's interesting that is looking into the issue deeply. Now I do something else what I wanted to say started. So now anyway, so the question was, who told me that? I now have to, um, um, brought me here 
and told him the ice cream cone. You don't even know. Who was it? That feeling called Vedana was commanding you. And now this is part of the job here we do. Waking up to what we are doing and uh, then you see, you like it or is it, is it in alignment with my ultimate goal, you know, coming to, to uh, following the instructions in my practice and so on. So it's interesting, it's a second base of field of every of applying mindfulness. In the Mahasatipadana, who has not heard of that word yet? Yeah, so it's another clip. Mahasati. Maha means actually big. Satipadana, I'm not so sure what it really means. Um, Satipadana. I think this is maybe the division of the issue. Patana. Anapana something. Hmm. Now anyway, um, that is the second field of the Mahasati Patana. It's four fields. Uh, and also say establishment of, of mindfulness. So the third one is also nowhere else. It's also here to be found. We don't need to go in to, to apply our mindfulness, to make our meditation, to practice cultivation of our mind so that it is able finally to, to shed all the interferences, the, uh, the anxiety and the fears and the excitements and the envy and so on, hmm? although the afflictions. And that is the other states of mind, or the emotions, the happy ones, the unhappy ones, the resisting and so on. And the last one is the Dharma, that means actually the thing, thoughts, the contents of the mind. And our contents in our mind I am experiencing now actually a transformation from worldly thinking and worries. It comes now in that interest and turning uh, um, to thoughts which explain something. This is our content of the mind right now, Dharma. We talk about Dharma and that means about uh, the way how we can come to discover the truth, who we are. That's the main thing, if we understand that. I didn't need to say any, but that says I shall. So, <laughs> so, so that is interesting to know, don't you think so? Uh, so I think to that, how did I get on? I said there are only basically in the field of meditation two different types. They can be divided into two. One is the vipassana meditation or the mahasatipatthana practice. Hmm? And uh, or when you want to know, describe what is happening, 
it is the developing deep inside into the true nature of our experiences. Now you know what our experiences are. We have five, five physical experiences, <coughs> um, which are uh, physical um, connected to their body, yeah. and one is mental, and that is thinking, but it is also a sense experience, and not like the Western world has put the mind as a kind of absolute highest attainment. And uh, without being purified, that's why we have such wonderful, confused issues throughout the world that comes from the rulers. Hmm. So, now let's go on. Vipassana is a word in the Pali language, you should know, and like Sanskrit, and it is of a is one of the ancient languages of India. Buddha, the enlightened one who has become our teacher, <coughs> so teacher uh, is uh, a child of India. And then his teaching moved into other countries and also the Hindu, the Indian um, kind of the religions didn't quite be acquainted, didn't quite like it. So they chased actually Buddhism out of, I think, after 700 years. You can see in India still the so-called Buddhist caves and uh, a place like, uh, I guess, Amaravati. Yeah, one village is called Amaravati. That is when Buddha was uh, quite a long time teaching. And the meditation center in England has taken that as their, their name, Amamadi. So, so the earliest Buddhist literature was in Pali. Vipassana is a word that has no exactly, no word that we can. Um, bring into English. So that's why, that's why I said it is, um, um, well, I said it is clear sight and so on, but it isn't really saying it. But when you go to the process that develops that insight, which is the application of mindfulness to the four, these four fields, which is a division of ourselves, then you begin to understand and you find kind of some words which match vipassana and vi or vipassana sometimes. It, so it means both uh, vipassana is a word that has, so as I said already has no exact translation. It means however both where we can see it is clear sight and attention and so on. So it, it means careful observation on one side and on uh, that comes is, is a practice moment by moment 
exquisite attention, careful observation, and and the the outcome when we do so is liberating inside and it is a result of that observation. These are the kind of um, the essence is if you know that and understand it deeply in, in the visceral way you have no problem with practice even when you lose it even if you feel moments when you are confused, when you know what the way is. So it's like you go into a city and uh, you want to go to a special place and after having consulted three walker by, they all have led you into a different direction and you find you now it's, it's almost uh, possible or you get discouraged now but you know where you want to go and what you have to do. And so if you have a little bit more patience than you should want, you you now continue because you have confidence that is the goal and that is what I have to do. If Sri have given me the wrong answer and the wrong direction, (coughs) maybe the first one will. Hmm? Or you take a map and I myself often stopping at the gasoline station and getting that finally after I saw I was misled. Hmm? So but it gave me confidence that I'm going to attain my goal. I will arrive. I know what to do. That is the important thing. So um, So back now, uh, the basic, the basic um, uh, premise of vipassana practice is that um, if you want to look at a little bit from the scientific explorational aspect, is now to see in this way the basic premise of this practice, vipassana practice, is now that you take the aspect of experience and infuse that experience or so far I said only pay attention but now I say infuse that experience with two qualities the first is I mentioned always is attention intense intention, accurate attention. Who knows the chant of Kuan Yin, Gati, Gati, Gati. She says that. Gati means go. Now go more intensely is Gati, second Gati, para Gati, para means big. Go more precisely now means in your practice. Parasam Gati, yet more more, more precisely, go in your practice, in your to enlightenment, and in this way you will establish, or you are establishing, the foundation of your enlightenment. Hmm? It's a nice chant, but that is in here actualized. Um, 
first is quality of intense intentiveness. Have you noticed? We did a little bit of that yesterday. The second is the quality of allowing. It's all what you need to know in a way. It's a kind of a formula like like um, and the same everything. Attentiveness and the second the quality of allowance. And with these two you infuse your experience. Or you not quite, you cannot in allowance you don't infuse. You are allowing is what is allowing? Not interfering. You are happy as it goes and you permit it. And you're not uh, in any way doing actually anything is part of good mindfulness really, allowing. And intense attentiveness is the first quality and the second is um, the quality of allowing. So and experience, now that goes to the experience and we already defined what are experiences, hearing, smelling, tasting, body sensations and thinking. Now take all these six experiences into the space of intentive, intensive attention, attentiveness, intensive, that means room, and allowing, intensive method. Attention means it is only attending, looking, observing. There is nothing going on. It's, it's no thinking about it, no analyzing, just letting it penetrate. So you see again and again the anger. Until you come to see and understand its nature. And when you have seen that, you are free from it. Now, if you understand that, we, we are finished. That's all what we need to do. So, let's see here. Yeah, I said the experience of anger. And uh, you wish uh, to, to see through this now and have it as an object of your attention, which is the experience of what is anger. Where does it go into which category of the Mahasatipatthana? Is it mental? Mental, mental states, huh? It's just a mental state, yeah. It is combined also with thinking, penetrated with thinking. You can make your anger stronger when you think about it. Hmm? Some don't think, they just come out of the real power of anger, yeah? and don't think about it, and don't need to intense it anymore. They can just take a club and give it to you. Out of the, the quells out of the real power, destructive power of anger. Hmm? Don't even think. Usually we start with a little irritation, and then we will think about it, and it was yesterday she did the same, and now I'm angry a little bit more and then can and then you can carry it for twenty five years and can be happy with it. Then get what we call addicted. 
So um, then we begin to see that our experiences in this case, again, the end, uh, yesterday we had fear, hmm? um, is not a solid thing. It's not a, a power, a, a solid thing that is not movable. It is mental and it is created uh, here from, from this, this kind of consciousness we have which can, which can react to that what is not pleasant to us and which is there basically, the base is there and there is reaction, yeah. So it's not anymore an entity, this anger. But when we are thinking about it and finding fault and really feeling, um, you know, empower ourselves, so to speak, uh, then uh, it is, uh, um, it is, uh, is, is a solid thing. And it is like um, something which is not movable, solid. Hmm? But when we now bring it into intense attentiveness and in allowing where we can cradle it, where we don't now do anything, attending, attending, and uh, means just watching, without any interference, but allowing that energy which we call now anger or resistance, whatever, <clears throat> or happiness too, allowing it now in our attentiveness, intense, extraordinary attention, but it is created in allowing. What happens with it? It dissolves. And it is not anymore so solid and has no power over us. It goes. And in this way, I advise you now to do your meditation so that we are not so bothered by, by our reactions when it is not going well. Then you shift, it's not going well. You have just said it, you have described the experience, it's not going well. That is an unpleasant feeling. You don't, don't need to react now to bring fault, to find fault, and to run out to the door and say, that's not for me. A nice story about that has happened in INS, not recently. We sit all on the floor. 45 people, and we are trying to, in our movement, of, of, uh, on the floor, uh, some of the, of the hands, I think, and arms, oh yeah, we were holding a rock, a rock, oh yeah, a rock, a stone, and noticing, having that feeling, which comes from the pressure, Onto, um, of the, and the weight of the stone. Now, um, we're experiencing the experience of uh, touch, touch of that weight in your hands. 
you know, when you take a bucket of water and you lift it, you know, it's an experience. That is your meditation, that moment. Attention and <clears throat> let it cradle in your allowing. Let that be felt. Don't complain about it. Say, oh, wonderful, I can meditate again. Or have an object. Hmm? So, so now we're holding this it's, it's a story which has happened with rocks. It was very quiet like now. And somebody got reaction now. Hmm? He could, there was not the gracefulness of, we say, patience, but it's a gracefulness, or this understanding, allowing it now. That feeling, that impatience holding it. Hmm? So he goes, stands up, runs to the door, you could already feel the anger, hmm? and opens the door, and then before he slams it, he says, enough of this hanky-panky. <laughs> <laughs> so feel good about it. Others feel you maybe would not do it, but you could maybe feel that here, you can control it that much, but you couldn't. The story goes on. <laughs> Two years later, or maybe, I don't know, was a benefit party in Sausalito in a very nice uh, Bohemian house in Sausalito, you know where that is. <coughs> and uh, it was a benefit for that for spiritual with with uh, white gloved waiters and giving us fabulous pretty uh, foods and so on for snacking. In the middle of all that motion and uh, happening, a gen- one of the guests, which were all dama, but they were in black tie. I was not in black tie, so I had a red side on. So, Rose, he comes to me. Rose, do you know me? Do you know who I am? Well, I said, no. For me, right now is enough if you know yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I started, but I got the right answer. And then he said, I am the one who did that, slammed the door. And with that sound, I continued only a short while. The profession I had, and I kicked it, and I am now full-time Dharma. Bum. And what he was, he was a, uh, uh, you know, in the forests of Canada, um, he, he delivered the pets of the fur animals hmm, for coats. So it sounded that was a meditation. I mean, that was a practice. Varies. So even even I, I, I even. Unhappy events can turn into 
a wonderful set. Tell them, hmm? How does it feel? Yeah. Good? Yeah. It touches, huh? Yeah. Well, now you practice. Let it, that feeling, on the body level, and also it's kind of pleasant, affirming, being happy you have the Dharma. Hmm? Let it, uh, let it, uh, without more elucidating on it, just be present with attention in that allowing attitude. Then you have the pure experience, the pure experience of that. And this is your, your, you are touched. Hmm? You cannot describe it some things. Well, I had once a pure experience of grief. I can't, I, I can't tell you when I start crying again. I had my car ready to move, and it was outside the fence, and it was 117 degree heat, and there is um, a, a barrel outside my fence, and it has shaped at different angles, yeah, because of, it is a barrel that high, and there it was always a, a, a what is it called? No. Is that a turtle? No, turtle. She walks like this. <laughs> and then she sits and had the shade. So uh, she wasn't there. So I thought then she must be somewhere else. And I look under my car and I didn't see her there. I start my car and my car does that. And uh, was the end of her. I just couldn't recover from that grief. I didn't think about it. I let myself feel it. Also this feeling that I have missed her. She was on the was not the right angle I had or whatever. For two or three days at least I wrapped her in a towel, it was all blood, and I I, I drove off to a friend crying. I had never heard him crying like that. And I knew I am. And then I realized I'm not anymore crying, but it is the sense of grief, the pure experience of it. Then there was out the self-accusation, and and then there was space for me to see how I can redeem it. Could not bring her into life, but there are many of those. uh, There is a protection um, institute also in the desert where these um, critters can be brought when you see them, they cannot walk anymore well or so. So I make a substantial substantial donation donation, for the others. Mm -hmm. And that that pacified, not pacified, but it also was 
part of the experience. Hmm? But you see, that is another uh, another benefit of this practice. When you now have gone through that experience, you have space. It was not it's not a reaction anymore. You see what the end there is, and it dissolves before your eyes, before your heart. And it is not anymore, you can hold on to it. It neutralizes it, and you see the nature of that. So, then you have, you are free of it now. The anger will not come back to, in this, to that same issue. It's really liberation taking place. And when you see now how simple it is, that it is only attention with non-interference which creates a quiet place in us and a balance, equanimity, allows the experience fully to to be received in the allowing attitude. And this way you are liberating yourself moving through from the through the pain so that what is bothering us and what is confusing us and what is so unsatisfactoriness and the Buddha calls it dukkha and with that is to see how we can kind of liberate ourselves um, so, so it can yeah, I have it can then can, so we uh, we analyze down the anger to its components. There is uh, there are other things in it, mainly thoughts, and the thoughts connect to other experiences, and and you want to kind of get clarity and you actually involve yourself deeper and deeper in it. Hmm? So, if you now um, see that that in that way, you realize we are really a process, a real living process. Everything is in motion. It's like a river flowing, as the Buddha said. And now you have to look into it Till you bring all these motions to a still. And then there you have upeka, equanimity, and you have also understanding. So remember, it's not solid, these things, when it comes up when we sit. There is a sequence of thoughts and ideas and images and, uh, and finding fault and so on for that anger. It loses its 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 uh, stability, its solidness, and this also it is that feeling of being uncomfortable. So now the ability, now back to our meditation, the ability to keep track of these things, in uh, to hold the experience in a very pure way. No interference, no in, 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 enlarging it 
or diminishing, nothing. There is in that allowing that which is the willingness um, to let that what we are observing now arise and change and pass away and renew itself without any interferences. And whilst we are holding the intense, intense or the absolute, uh, aware, we can say awareness, but attention. And uh, of the experience, the experience. So that is seeing the practice of meditation in a kind of more, more, um, I would say analytic, no, scientific way. You observe, you go into the matter and see the, notice the nature. And that is then the truth. So how can you then allow yourself to, to, to move or to sustain such uh, uh, such uh, unwholesome states of mind of which we now have recognized how we are creating our own dukkha. Hmm? That's really... So it, we might, you might, one thing more, we might now kind of feel that there is somehow in that allowing this kind that it implies an indifference or passive toward the issue of the life of life we are observing, but that is not so. I think I explained that what happens. We get the nature of the situation. It doesn't have the power anymore over you. You have been have liberated yourself. So this is the message the Buddha discovered. It's if, if we are invited to do that too, if we infuse the experience, any experience, the positive one, the other, with the negative ones, with enough attentiveness and with enough allowing, that experience will cease to cause us suffering. If it is an unpleasant one, if it is a pleasant one, then it will, you will be able to live, to to ex, be in the experience of pleasantness without getting excited and wanting it more. And as you do that, there comes the fear. And why? Because you are afraid you will lose it. When I got married and had to sign and walked out, I was afraid of one thing. I thought, can I ever always do this and 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 uh, not not annoy my partner or give him reason to be angry? Hmm? Or can I serve that? Can I sustain myself in that quietness? You see. It's all how, how this practice is involved in our life. It's not a way. There is no belief necessary, nothing uncertain, nothing mystical, 
it is right there for you to experience. I bow to that and I see the confidence the Buddha had in us to put us right as a commander, so to speak, right as a guide, a guide into our life. And you become, can become the Buddha. You can awake in this way. That is awakeness. Now, maybe we should do a little bit practice now. Well, let's have a walking. It says, it says morning practice period. Then it says guided practice. Well, it doesn't say meditation, but it was. It was a different meditation. Did it sit well? Did it open? I have again ten pages. <laughs> I expect, yeah, I, I'm up to date. You notice that uh, the Buddhist movement in America moves into that direction. It is in the medicine, it is in the lawyer, in the law uh, profession, it is in the psychology profession. I have been, that's where I got it, and I have been to a conference in Santa Fe last last January and touched me in that. Can big business come from your heart? <laughs> it's not quite right the quoted. It didn't say heart, but it was implied. Can big business experience, didn't say humanity, I have many names for it, I really forgot, but that was, and I walked, I went to that. I was very happy to hear, and many big, big shots there, with big effect, uh, being in the industry or in the cooperative, cooperative, is that right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, cooperative atmosphere, you know, corporations, yeah. He had a corporation, and he told us how to live in, in, this, in this atmosphere. And then it pointed, it, it came to, to, to let us know, or I think I talked to him, he told him. He was a hippie before. <laughs> and then he ended up in, in Burma for Vipassana practice and then he now he infuses his actions in the corruptive where there is possibilities for that in the cooperative business you know, strong and he told us how he does it, that the workers have shares, that the entire uh, personnel uh, is uh, at Christmas time, he, he rents a hotel, and everyone has uh, an overnight party, Christmas party, with children and everything. I really I liked it to hear it, I'm still impressed about it. And there were others, explaining it was really beautiful. 300 people were there. 
so we are moving a little bit in. This is that, that is a view of the venerable Miaponi Castera. He died recently, a few years ago. He was a very great um, pioneer in, in uh, bringing the Buddha Dharma to the West. He spoke English, German and French and lived for many years as an ordained monk in Ceylon. Comes from so he said um, the only saving for humanity as we are as he could see it um, and uh, he said the only only halt we can bring in the wrong direction we find ourselves all now closer, closer to the kind of tremendous destruction is to awake to come to this practice where we can liberate ourselves from from um, our congestedness and imprisonment I think of Einstein who said a similar thing he said that um, we have our task is to move out of that congestedness and that attachment um, and that kind of wrong subject or subjective relating to our feelings and to our body and to our states of mind and thoughts is uh, this practice and he said it isn't easy and it's not everyone will like it but if you allow yourself to go into it and it is also not to be easy to come to to its completion to the completion of wisdom also to awake but he said the process itself of practicing toward it where you experience progress and the current result of your practice at times where you feel you wake up like you a minute ago you had a very lovely openness hmm? feeling about the instance I told you uh, he said is a, is a very is enough for our life if we can can uh, can take uh, the practice in that modesty and find more and more the joy in these small awakenings and short moments of being liberated and maybe after five more cycles five more bursts cycles of life you know direct into the completeness of it so my friends it is half past ten and we will go to work now. Thank you for listening. I hope it has clarified. So you see, don't need to come back anymore. You can do it all alone. So, and now we are going into another aspect of the practice that is just actually basically the same. The experience is walking. You are lifting one foot away from the earth and you bring it back to the earth to the earth. There are feelings, <coughs> sensations, 
and you can name it in order to sustain your attention. Why don't you stand up and I give you and name it. Yeah, okay. I said, Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.